Pine Gab, he's Jules. Blue skies over West London because he's back from down under. That's right, Jules. Welcome back. (coughs) No more replacements. You get Gabs. You get Jules. How about that? Uh, And what a time to come back because you were down at the Women's World Cup. Yes. We've had our two semifinals. Yes. Big ups to uh, Spain and England who will be contesting the final on Sunday. We're going to get to that in a minute. Lots of transfer stuff as well. Uh, Neymar, Caicedo, Lavia. Paris, um, Paris Saint-Germain and Mbappe's future. We don't yeah. know. The Mancini Manus, all of that coming up. But let's start with the European Super Cup last night because Sevilla showed once again yeah. they know how to play a final. And yes, it's a final. There's just one game. One-off games, they're really tough not to crack. They made life very, very hard for City. Yeah, they did. They set up well again. I mean, nothing... Very innovative from Mendilibar. It was very classic. Let's put it that way. But they, they, they're hard to play against because they are so well drilled and they scored a really good goal that was maybe a little bit too easy in every way. The way they moved the ball to the way the cross was allowed to the yeah. way the header was allowed. Gvardiol and Ake and Akanji, to be fair, at fault on that. And then City came back and then it was the penalties. But yeah, I thought Sevilla should, should, Really good things, and for City, it's still a little bit. I don't know. Um, I thought there, they would be slow. There's some things to, 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 to sort out. Cole Palmer, of course, starting because obviously Kevin De Bruyne is injury. We'll talk about yeah. the impact about uh, of that. Bernardo Silva ill. Yeah, although he's ill, but then he signs as maybe maybe it was the prospect of signing that contract extension maybe. which made him sick sure. and giddy with excitement. Um, this meant that Foden had to play centrally. I, I think there's still things to iron out there. Listen, I was arguing before De Bruyne yeah. got injured that they're short. Yeah. Because in the front four, you have six, let's say, high-quality players who can fill that in, who, who, who can play in, that, in, in those front four roles, right? And the guys off the bench are effectively Foden and, uh, and Julian Alvarez. Yeah. Alvarez was on the bench last night as a half, which is why Palmer started. You're cutting it way too fine yeah. over the course of the long season. Yeah. Looks like they got the message. They've been linked with not one, but two players quite strongly. Yeah. One, Lucas Paqueta. The other one, Danny Olmo. And Jeremy Doku as well. From and Bayern. Doku as yeah. well. That's right. Who's coming, I think, for sure. But you think you reckon they're going to get two of those? Th- I think they should yeah. get two of those three. Yeah, I think that's the idea. They, they could not, especially with Mares leaving as well. You can't have the De Bruyne injury, which is bad until December, out until December. Mares leaving. And, and Cole Palmer, I know he scored two goals now in the Community Shield and the, the Super Cup, but he's maybe not ready for a full season as a starter, for example. Well, he's 21, and I think he's at the stage where he has hit a ceiling. And it was yeah. interesting to hear them say, look, he's not... He's either going to, he's not going to go on loan. He's either going to stay or we're yeah. going to sell him. So the idea is you either stay so that you can be the back, you can be a backup or yeah. we're going to get some money back for you so yeah. we can fund these two. Um, who would you pick between? So I think Doku is pretty much done, but between Paqueta and Dani Olmo, I mean, two different profiles. I, I think I, I would go 100% for Paqueta. Again, too. always depended on price. But yeah. if price is not a consideration, consider it. You know, obviously, because it's fashionable to, uh, uh, you know, to quote nine figures for everything. Yeah. 100 million for Dani Olmo, 100 million for Lucas Paqueta, right? Upshot is I think Lucas Paqueta can do, if, if your concern is attacking midfield creativity, De Bruyne, Bernardo Silva, Foden can play that position and play it differently. I would argue that 100%. the packet, is the most natural 100%. person there. I think he's more natural replacement for Gundogan than Kovacic is. Yeah, Kovacic, I, I have, I, I certainly have injury concerns yeah, with him yeah. uh, and as well. And Paqueta is left-footed. And I think, you know, you, you need a playmaker like him as well as left-footed because that means he can play with, with De Bruyne when De Bruyne comes back too. The main concern with Olmo is Olmo, five years at Leipzig now, I don't think he's done it with any continuity. We've only seen glimpses. Yeah, so and I don't think against Bayern in the German Super Cup. He also hasn't played very much. He's had yeah. injuries. He's in. He's There's out. There's no consistency there. I don't think Pep needs a project right now. Paqueta, you also the packet also has been in the Premier League. He knows the Premier League. Yeah. This may be a situation where you have to overpay, but that's okay because maybe you can get the Saudis to overpay for Emrick Laporte. Hey. Your boy gone. That is true. I mean. 
I know the Saudis are great offers. I still really question some of the players who decide to, to go there. And it's not criticism. Maybe we would do the same thing. I'm saying I think a lot of them who've gone in that kind of age bracket maybe had a future in Europe. They chose Saudi Arabia. Good for them. Laporte is one of them. Yeah. And uh, when the next Gavin Joe show comes to you on the uh, Saudi sports channel, you'll know why. <laughs> okay, Jules, I don't want to ignore Sevilla here because I think, no, yeah. you know, for people who don't, they started out the season with uh, with that defeat uh, against Valencia of all people. Yeah, they're in the situation now with 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 Bono, who they they want to they hope to move on. They want to move on, yeah, but yeah. obviously they also want to showcase him. Yeah, um, I guess Dimitrovic is gonna is gonna be the number one. Yeah, um, it feels like this is a team that's kind of always. They, they shouldn't be in this situation, right? They should be the fourth force in La Liga alongside, you know, Rao Sotiedad right now. Um, but they're not. The no. money's always tight. It's always difficult. I guess it speaks to the broader um, imbalance of power. But then you have a game like this. And Lucas Ocampos, I, know. I thought, was phenomenal last That's night. the same, man. Him, La Mela. And, Every time I see them, I think, like, oh, come on. There's a point. But then they, there's such a pain to play against and things like that and I think Sevilla have kind of overachieved for a long time due to I think good coaches that they've had Monchi's working his magic on the transfer market things like that which was not the case so much in the last couple of years it wasn't always magical really right certainly not Roma but certainly even not when he came back before then now going to Aston Villa but you're right the fact that they 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 are still sometimes, I don't know, it doesn't feel like they're that kind of power of Spanish football, which is strange, because they should be right now. With all the money they've made through the years, when things were good with Monchi's magic, it's still weird that it's, you know, you still have Rakitic in midfield. I mean, come on, you've got Gutierrez and at the back. The it's guy just... who starts alongside Rakitic normally is Fernando, who is a year older than exactly. Rakitic. Yeah. Um, you're right, Gudet, who's a midfielder playing at centre back and playing well at centre back. Really well. Um, the other guy, Bade, seems to be a, a walking card, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's no. But you know, they they have two World Cup winning fullbacks, and one of them's on the bench because the guy yeah. keeping him out of the side He's 40 is forty five years old. Yeah, I know, <laughs> I know, it's much. really good, but it, good for them. I just don't know well, how well they're going to do this season. That's all. I think there's limits, and then Nizri might not even stay. To be fair, so how much do we read into the fact? That on this day, basically, by playing narrow, congesting the middle, right? So with yeah. Kovacic, Foden, they were getting, they were running into brick walls. I thought, I thought the city got almost nothing uh, for most of the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah down their right hand side because that was a side that Cole Palmer was on, and, and that's no way he does. Yeah, he's not going to beat you one on one. He's not going to, and he had Walker behind him, which you know, again, he's got other strengths. Yeah. They had some more success on the on the left. We saw Guardiola there um, playing playing really left interesting. back, yeah. Which he's done before. He's also played right back. He's also played center back. We all assumed he was coming yeah. to play center back, yeah. but you know Pep pulling that one uh, out of the hat. I thought they dealt well with Guardiola and Grealish on that side. Eventually, though, obviously. You the know, goal comes from there, yeah. The goal does come from there for, from from the little Rodri chip, and they had that little diagonal chip. They had some success with that. This this should be a moderate concern as well. I mean, leaving aside the absence of the creator in the middle. Yeah. Yeah, I thought they were very predictable, I have to say. And I know the goal is a good goal, but I thought it was very predictable. I think it was slow at times. Pep changed a little bit in the second half where Akanji did the stones roll more and they had the box. But even that, I mean, yeah, they had the love of the ball, but didn't really do much. I think Haaland had six passes in the whole game, 15 touches. One five and one shot, and that was it. Yeah, so the service was not there. Foden, as you said, just he seemed lost to me. And I know he's not lost because his position is played there before. But he hasn't that, played there in a long time. No, yeah, true. And with that density of players there, because clearly, yeah. as you said, Gab, that was the plan for Sevilla to defend against them. He just never found his rhythm, never found, never just never found anything. And I think that's a problem. And really, De Bruyne's absence until December, I think it's a huge blow for them because the creativity that you're losing, unless until someone like Paqueta arrives or whoever they do. Or even if Bernardo Silva had been fit in this game, you know, maybe they would have scored early, then they win 3-0. We don't have this conversation, right? Because the concerns are there. You know where you ended up in in that first half, especially there's a couple of times where Rodri is on the ball and Rodri is looking at Haaland as like with a through ball. 
And like, this is not Rodri. Rodri is an amazing player, but this is not his strength. And even, even Haaland was frustrated that the balls that usually come from De Bruyne was not there when they could have been there. And I think, I think that's something that Pep will have to work on. Um, so we, we talked about at the back, uh, Laporte leaving. Um, do you think we're going to see much of the three-two-four? Do you think I mean, we've seen him play a back four in these early games? Yeah. Do we have any sense of three-four? So no, depending on when Stones comes back and when he's fully fit. What is happening with Ruben Diaz? What is he on the bench in the league? He's on the bench again. Is he just maybe not fit or? So what trying? I was told, but I don't know, is some suggestion that because obviously preseason was was quite was quite intense yeah. uh, just just physically to build up the fitness especially for the the bigger heavier players like Ruben Diaz or Stones so he's come coming and he was back still, for Newcastle on, on the weekend sorry he would be back for I, I would imagine so yeah this is I would plan. imagine so I, yeah. I think I don't think like I I think I mean sure Pep wants to win the Super Cup and everything but if there was a legit fitness issue I don't think he would have brought him yeah, to yeah, Athens yeah, yeah, in yeah, that yeah. heat you know for um you know, yeah. just no, no, just to true. keep him involved. But I think Vardyard gives you another dimension. I, he, he looks so composed on the ball for a left footer, more than Ake, for example, I think, who's done a lot of improvement in his game with the ball. But Vardyard, a left back, is although he, uh, for me he made a mistake on the goal, is is good. He looked good. All right, let's talk about because can can we kind of like we will talk about him again before he disappears into the. In, into the sunset or sunrise of sunrise, the, uh, maybe, yeah. the Saudi Pro League. But what went wrong? Because I kind of feel this is a guy who arguably hit one season where, I mean, he was arguably the, the best or, or, yeah. or close to the best defender in the Premier League. She's comfortable on the ball. She's a phenomenal athlete. Yeah. What went wrong? I don't know. It's a good question. I don't think he knows himself. So the last time I kind of touched upon the, the situation, he didn't know why suddenly because he was quite sudden just lost his place completely in the team there was I, I don't know was he I don't, I don't know problem with Pep maybe I, don't, I really don't understand what happened because he was good on set like he was a threat on set pieces offensively for City he was good he made a couple of mistakes and maybe those mistakes were too many for Pep Who's very unforgiven usually with his defenders, and it, they have some. They have so many because Akanji, Ake. Yeah, but sorry, you mentioned Akanji and Ake. Like, with all due respect, they are Akanji and Ake. Akanji, when he came in, nobody thought he was going to be. No, this no, guy. definitely Ake. Uh, same. Ake was the guy who kept getting injured. Blah blah blah. His first season, Ake hardly played, even though I think he was fit for most of it. Yeah. I mean, the only guy who was there, we came. You know, the only defenders who came with a huge price tag were Ruben Diaz and, and John Stones, right? When you look at that at that unit. And and I guess Walker. Uh, yeah, even right Laporte back, right? was very expensive. So Laporte, you know, Ruben Diaz, Laporte, right, left, yeah. boom. Perfect. You know? I don't know. Something happened for sure. And we will, and we will know, but... Do you think it's a Cancelo situation? Are there parallels with the Cancelo situation? Maybe. I'll, maybe his attitude changed once he was dropped and lost his place in the team and Pep didn't like it. But it's a really strange one. Really and are strange. you surprised that he chooses to go to Saudi rather than Massive. saying, look, I've got a couple of years left. Let me go on loan somewhere in Europe. You yeah, know, or even or I'll take a pay cut or surely whatever. Surely in Spain he would have had clubs. In Italy. Anywhere, yeah. You know, surely. A player of his caliber, I think, and his talent. So really surprised, really surprised by that move. From his point of view, the City takes that kind of money for him. I've got no problems. And I think the Saudis have been a blessing for a lot of clubs in terms of who yeah. they went to buy and, and all of that. But from him to, to agree, yeah, I was a bit surprised. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Gab. Just go to Indeed.com slash 
Gab right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Gab. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, enough uh, city in Sevilla. How about Women's World oh, Cup? Yes. Because we have our finalists. We do. It's going to be on Sunday. It's going to be England. Well, I say Sunday, but depending what part of the world, it might actually yeah, be a true, different day. Um, it's going to be England against Spain. Yeah. And whoever wins this is going to join a select group of nations that have won the world, both the men's and the women's World Cup. Yeah. Do you know who the only country to achieve it so far is? It is Germany. Germany won the men's World Cup four times. I think the women's World Cup twice, if I'm not mistaken. Once. Um, once, is it? All right. Once. Uh, England, of course, some people say, should the 66 win count? But let's count ah. it. Let's count it. Let's not be uncharitable. And, uh, of course, Spain, their success coming much more recently. Yeah. Um, normally you ask, are these the two best teams in the tournament? Are these the two teams who play the best football in the tournament? I, I would right out say, I would say, because I actually like players who are technical and pass and show it regularly. Yeah. I'm going to say Spain, yes. Yeah. England, to me, more, they haven't played great football, no. but they've made experience and grit and athleticism count. And also the fact that while they haven't played great football necessarily, they are still stacked with talent, with that combination of yeah, talent, experience, this. great football. I mean, we look at just, just the pool of forwards that they have, even with best mead there. Right, uh, not there rather. Yeah, yeah. That makes such a difference. Yeah, I think I think you're you summed it up well. I think Spain have been for me the best team because they they've played the best football. Okay, they got battered by Japan in the group stage, but it's it's a meaning it's a meaningless score when you see it the bigger picture now. They by far much better than anybody else as a squad technically. They were ahead of everybody, and and I think they completely deserve to be there. England are this ruthless team. Like France in 2018, for example, who don't play great, but do exactly what they need to win. You make a mistake, they punish you. They've, they've got that sort of really efficient side of them, not just by scoring goals, but they're just efficient in everything. They know exactly what to do. They have confidence. They have a coach who they've won before, which helps, of course, the Euros. But they have that. So no, they're not great to watch. They don't play great or they just do what they need to win. And I think this is a huge quality to have. And for that, they deserve to be there. They could have lost to Nigeria, maybe deserve to lose, to lose to Nigeria in the last 16. But in the end, they're there because of that ruthlessness that they have, for example, that the, the England men's side don't have at all, where the women's side really have it. And it's as much as that final is an opposition of style, it also shows that you can win two different ways. And I don't know who's going to win. I think Spain, I, I would go with Spain. I, I predicted them to win in my bracket. That was almost perfect, by the way. The only, the only one I don't, I didn't have was France. I had France winning against Australia. But, but that two, two different styles can still get you to a final of a World Cup, which I think is great. Now, we talk about the two different styles, though. I, I don't you think, though, that it's not quite necessarily that extreme in the sense that, it's not like England. I, I think it's. Like, I don't think it's England necessarily wanting to go and park the bus style football. Yeah, it's more a case of England haven't been able to play well in this tournament. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they get through though because they generally have much better players in terms of total package than many of the teams that that they faced. And you mentioned the ruthlessness. I, I might call it maybe, maybe the big game experience again. Yeah. I, I think same. back to the Columbia game, right? Where, okay. Mistakes made a big difference. In the Massive game, right? man. If they don't score just before the break England to make it one, one, I'm not sure the rest of the game is the same, but equally they stay in the game. They yeah, stay in the game. Mistake. They don't necessarily feel as if they're flipping out. And I mean, I'm wondering, is it because maybe the England players are more used to playing, on big stages, in front maybe. of big yeah, crowds. Yeah, 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 maybe. You know, we, we, often, we often forget the fact that, and this has been one of the stories of this World Cup, and we'll get into it in, in the Gavin Jones podcast, the resources available to many women outside of the wealthy nations. You know, people talk about, like, oh, look, the Winter Olympics. It's the rich man's or the rich person's yeah. Olympics, right? Yeah, women's football is football for rich people. That's what it has been yeah, most of its history. Time. Yeah, yeah. So... To see Colombia, I'm not saying Colombia is a poor no, country. No, but that is changing. Football. Yeah. But for those women, in terms of experience, in terms of resources, you know, it, it was, it is uphill. 
England had the mental strengths to make that count. And I think yeah. that is one of the big differences about why they're, uh, why they're this far in the final. I think it's pretty much level with Spain. Spain will wonder, you know, England will wonder maybe about some of their injured players who aren't there. Spain will wonder about some of the players who aren't there yeah, true, because right? of the issues with, uh, uh Vilda. with, with, with Vilda, yeah. uh, the national team coach. Just there, there, there's some great stories, um, behind this that people who don't people who follow women's football all year wrong will be very familiar with some people yeah. who who don't follow this at all um might not be familiar with and they may not care but they're good stories so yeah some of these uh some of these stories i think and one of the biggest ones is obviously the issue with spain we touched upon it the the, the coach vilda massive falling out who's been there a long time also because i think his dad is at the yeah. spanish federation Massive falling out with the players after the after the Euros. Yeah. Um, as many as fifteen players wrote to the federation saying that you know they they weren't available for selection if he was con- going to continue. Yeah, like what the French did, obviously similar. Luis Rubiales took a very hard line and said, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, like, against the players when the French went against the coach," which is which is an interesting take. Yeah, I, I understand Rubiales's position. You cannot. This is not. A union, right? No. Like, you don't get to decide who the coach is. Now, I, as a federation, have to answer. Because if I call Vilda, and then all the best players don't play, and we suck, then, sorry, then Vilda's going to get the bullet, and I bring somebody else in, right? And maybe I might get the bullet for for, for siding with Vilda. But you don't get to decide, and I I don't have the issue there. Um, But the reality is, you go to this World Cup with... I think maybe at least three players from Barcelona. Yeah, one of them, starters, yeah. Mapileon, uh, yeah. an important player. All those guys out of the mix. Yeah. Um, and with arguably their, their best player, their most famous player, Alexia, very much feeling marginal in this team. Yeah, right? I think. And coming back from a really bad injury too. Uh, but she, and she was one of those who doesn't necessarily see eye to eye with, yeah, with Vilda either. Definitely. And they get this far, and they play good football. Yeah, what's the secret? Because obviously Barcelona know. and Atletico Madrid powerhouses, but women's football probably not really priority for Spain until maybe a decade ago. Yeah, you know. But to be fair, the, the program they put together that has brought a lot of young players through, and we see Pavareros, we see others who are quite young and doing so well, technically so so advanced. Again, I think it needs to be stressed out. Um, and but despite that, and and there must be there there are issues in that dressing room. There must be tension still between some who are here but were against Vilda before, but are still here. The ones who were always kind of with him who are still here as well. But you know who's who and what camp you are in, and you know she's in and she's in, etc. So I don't I don't know how he deals with it. It seems to be very. Um, can't be easy, I think, to deal with. But I guess as long as you win, it's fine. And for me, the most impressive was post-Japan defeat because the way, and okay, you can look at it and it's a, it's a freak of a result and a freak of a game because in that first half, Japan went like, touched the ball three times in the, in right. the Spain box. They scored three goals. I think they had 27 seconds they spent in the, in the Spain last third and they scored three goals. It was, you can do that game again and it would never happen the same way. But the way they responded and bounced back, was very impressive and I think he deserves some credit. He's probably not perfect, but for that he deserves some credit and he's, he's in the World Cup final. When you when, when you talk about teams that you know play based on technical ability, play what you know the, the big stereotype is all oh, pretty football. You're always kind of because you're taking the extra pass or whatever. There's always a sense that other people can play against you by sitting deep, by yeah. allowing you to play in front of them. And then playing on the counter. Now, I know that's kind of a bit reductive to describe Sweden that way when they played against Spain. Probably also accurate about the way Sweden maybe played against yeah, the United yeah. States. So when they played in their uh, when, when, when when they faced each other in in their semifinal, I thought um, they they finally deserved took the lead, but then came the equalizer. Yeah. And I feel like in this Women's World Cup. There's always somebody can always make a mistake. Somebody can always quickly get back into it. How important was it that they then went on to? Obviously, it was very important they closed it out. But like, mm. could we see a similar script against England? Maybe are England a better, time, more talented Sweden? Basically, yeah. Maybe although the, the Swede had a lot of momentum going, and I think had a lot of crisis, and a lot of people, even with ESPN, you know, who were with me at the World Cup, 
thought this was Sweden's time and that they're going to, they would be in Spain and everything. This is the second time as well against the Dutch. Spain were in the lead and considered that really late goal, then went to extra time, could not score the winner before and had to go to extra time where, where, where they won it after a big scare and a big chance for the Dutch too. So there's still some issues defensively, especially I think because of the way they play and Paredes has been amazing, I think, in this World Cup, but they still, they still can control everything. So that's something for, for England. And I think Alessia Russo will have a huge role to play in the final. England to exploit. But I just think they have so much with the ball, Spain. They create so much. And the lack of, uh, the lack of clinicality, no, the lack of clinical something, whatever. Spain haven't been clinical enough in all the things that they've created, all the chances that they've had. Unlike England, which could be a key factor in that final because you might have just one chance or two. And if you don't score it, you might regret it. Spain won't have five or six chances like they've had maybe in other games and just took one. I think that could be also the limit, maybe against England, such a strong England team, as you said. Uh, on England, there's a big call to make. Obviously, Lauren James will be available again after yeah. her, her suspension, um, which when I was doing the show with, with Nadim, uh, who was obviously backing Nigeria. Yeah, and yeah. This is, you know. Um, and when we saw the Lauren James thing, you know, everything was ready to say it's a David Beckham moment. You know, for those who didn't see this, she goes and she deliberately kind of steps on the yeah. opponent's back. You're not going to get away with that in the age of, of VAR. She's apologized. She got her automatic one match ban and then another uh, ban. Ella Toon played in her place. Mm-hmm. I don't think she was necessarily exceptional in the match. I saw Lauren James gives you more. Yeah, yeah. Do you think there's going to be a change? I don't. I, sh- I don't think there should be. I think Elatun has to start the final. Bring on Lauren James as a super sub if need if if needs be. Let's not forget Elatun scored in the so now in the World Cup semi final in the Euros final, of course, against Germany, a very important goal. And one, and I think I told you that when I did the show, when I just came on a little bit for the show with Nadem, I think you should punish Lauren James anyway. And for me, starting her in a World Cup final where her teammates, and I know this is a team and you're all together, but they they got there without her because. She was not good in the last 16 against Nigeria and got that red card that could have got her team out. Then the quarterfinal, semifinal, she was in there in arguably the two toughest games that England have had to play in Colombia and then Australia. Why change it? Don't bring her back into the team. Put her on the bench. If you need her, then yeah, bring her up. Bring her around for the last 20, 25 if you're a goal down or if it's nil-nil or whatever. But I think Ella Toon deserves to start the final. Um... To get back to that Australia game, which, you know, we talked about how England have not played well yeah. in this tournament yeah. and that they've managed to advance. Uh, did you feel that that was actually a better performance than what we've seen before? No, I, don't, I didn't think so. But they were, they were, they were better than... <laughs> it was better than the Nigeria anyway. game. Yeah, but they were, were better, better than the Colombia game. Yeah, but there's, I think they were still so much better in a way than Australia. Australia have... The, the great mentality and the togetherness that you want and they're the physical and they're intense, okay. But if you score first to start with, that's a big help. And then England were always, it looked like they were always stronger in that game anyway. And maybe the occasion, that semi-final for Australia, they've never reached that, yeah, that kind I, of game before. I think they got really nervy. I mean, so, I, I know you're not going to put it down to one person. Sam Kerr obviously going into the, 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 the tournament carrying an injury. Yeah. Maybe not fully fit or definitely not fully yeah, yeah, fit in the yeah, final, but not. scores one tremendous goal. The yeah, other big one, chance on the corner that she had misses. big chance where the ball comes down to her. Mm. It was funny because, I mean, for just from a technical aspect, right? I would have thought right, easiest thing to do, let that ball drop more before yeah. you strike yeah, it. Yeah, even because there was it. nobody close to her. Yeah, exactly. Did she just feel that maybe there yeah. was somebody on her and so she's like, I got to get my shot yeah, off quickly? she rushed it. And maybe she rushed it because she hasn't played enough in the last month or so. Her rhythm and, is off. Yeah, exactly. And I think it could just be down to this. And which is a shame because she's the most lethal striker in the world. Her and Pop, I guess. And for her to miss that chance where you would have put your house on her scoring from that close range is, is really unlike her and strange. But I, certainly watching the game, I put that on the fact that she lacks much in that friendly before her little cameo entrances there and there. If that goes in, the momentum shifts. Yeah, and we so have, I mean, we, who knows yeah, what happens? Yeah, you don't know. But obviously it would have been an absolute barnstorming. It would have been incredible. Yeah, uh, yeah. In, in that game. 
Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launcher online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million dollar stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify is your no excuses business partner. Sell without needing to code or design. Just bring your best ideas and Shopify will help you open up shop. What I love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash gabjewels, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash g-a-b-j-u-l-s now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash gabjewels. All right, enough of that. How about some quick hits instead? Oh, God, I've missed this. All right, Jules. Neymar to Achilal is done. Yeah. Paris Saint-Germain hailed him as a club legend <laughs> in their farewell message. <clears throat> Are you going to go that far? Is he a club legend? Nah, come on. Come on. I, 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 know that I can see what they've done here. Okay. There's some people in Paris who have been going too far the other way, calling him a flop. I wouldn't go that far because the numbers... As you've written them there, Gabby, in six seasons, 82 uh, goals in the league, uh, 118 in, in all, in almost a goal per game, pretty much, not just that, but let's say 0.8 or something. But the guy has missed half of the half of the yeah, games the, in six seasons. The awkward number possible? here is he has started 100. Sorry, he's played in 112 games in six years. Yeah. That is objectively difficult to do. 47%. The rest, he was injured and he had bad injuries that it's not all on him, of course. And he got kicked and he got this and he got that. But overall, he took PSG to Champions League final, albeit in a strange COVID season, but still could not just get right. it over the line. He's been great at times, don't get me wrong, amazing at times, but at times where he was either not there or there, but not really there either. But yeah, club legend. We reserve that for yeah. for other people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, for George Weah, you know, like let's. Slatan. Yes, Slatan, Thiago Silva, right? I mean, whoever, but not. Uh, but can we give a big round of applause for the fee that they got back? Ninety million euros, as we reported, amazing. Plus bonuses, he could even get to a hundred million. I did. Mean, pretty come remarkable. Come on, how? Given his wages and given his age, remarkable. So, just between you and I, and all our listeners around the world, PSG would have been happy with thirty million, three zero. Of course. Of that was that was the value they had in mind for any European club. <laughs> then the Saudis arrive and it's times three. I mean, come on. And like I said to you before, the Saudi money has been a blessing for a lot of big, big clubs in Europe. This gets you out of a lot of germs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's getting ugly, Gabby, between the Italian FA and Napoli over Luciano Spalletti. You even wrote a column about this. I did. I mean, look, the, the whole situation is weird and really, frankly, embarrassing. Uh so it starts with Roberto Mancini announcing his shock resignation. Yeah. Um, it's not 100% clear. Some things have filtered out about why he resigned. Uh, he said he didn't. Apparently, he doesn't feel the trust of the FA anymore. Um, I mean, did he, did he appoint like Gigi Buffon as some sort of manager without Monchot's well, no, he agreement? He has Gianluca old job. So yeah. he's the head of delegation, which I don't think it was that so much because he knew he was getting somebody like that in. Um, it was more to do, I think, a little bit with staffing. On paper, he was responsible for all the national teams. Yeah, the youth teams um, and everything. But in practice, uh, Mancini's an odd guy. Yeah, yeah. Mancini yeah, going to do true. what Mancini going to do. Yeah. So then they say, oh, great. What talented Italian managers are out there that we can hire uh, who are unemployed? So there's Antonio Conte. Who's like, me, 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 me. Yeah, like, yeah. Ah, Antonio, wait a minute. We've been here before. So they want Luciano Spalletti, right? The problem with Spalletti, as we told you uh, many times, is he had another year left because Napoli activated his contract. He said he didn't want to coach. He says, well, fine. So to stop us finding you in breach of contract, you can go on sabbatical. But if you interrupt that sabbatical, yeah. you got to pay us 3.2 million euros. All right. Um, which the Italian FA either thought that it wasn't important. They thought it didn't apply to them because they're not a rival club. <laughs> they wanted a discount or something. No, they don't want to pay it. Nothing at all. Not they even like just to go to court. 
if they appoint Spalletti, then they oh, hope to resolve my. the situation by the weekend. Um, I, I like. I, I don't think anybody comes out good because Arendtis came out and gave this long, uh, um, this long statement where he got all preachy. So it's like you need to know the rules. Like three million, it's not three million. Three million means nothing to Napoli. Means even less to me. I'm like, great, Aurelio, you're so rich. <laughs> However, he's got the contract. I think that says that he's right. Yeah. Other thing from Spalletti, dude. If you want to manage so much, yeah, why don't you pay yourself, yourself exactly. right? You, you, we're talking 3 million euros over, over three years. Uh, your deal that you, you're signing is going to be, it's going to pay you about 6 million gross. Yeah. I'm sure you can take it as a business Definitely. expense. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's an odd one and it's embarrassing. I really hope it doesn't go to court. Romeo Lavia is uh, reportedly said to have a medical at Chelsea Ooh. after they agreed a 58 million 58. pound deal with Southampton. And Michael and? Elise, one of my favorite players, looks to be on his way as well after the club activated his 35 million release. That's right. Palace, of course. Jules, how much does this move the needle for Pochettino? Uh, so, I th- well, let's start with Lavia and midfielders because he need he need more midfielders. Even with Caicedo, there will be Enzo, there will be Gallagher. I think you could do with another one. Would you spend 60 million on the other one who might not even start? That's another debate. But I think you need, you need, you need more depth in your squads. Olize is an amazing talent, is wonderful. I think a 35 is a bargain. So you go for him. So in a way, I understand both deals. Even if you overpay for Lavia, which clearly is the case, I understand both deal. And I do think that this moves the needle in the sense that this is more depth, more options for Pochettino on top of what we've seen already, the positives against Liverpool in that system. Are they the third force now? After, I'm assuming you have City and Arsenal ahead of them? Yeah, I mean... I think the Caicedo deal is a game changer. Even before Lavia and Olize. But now just, that you've got these other guys, I know more, European football more, and whatever. Even more. Right. For me, yeah. They have to finish top four now. It's, no, no, no. But are they no. the third four yeah, behind yeah, 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 yeah. City and Arsenal? So yeah, yeah, they're number yeah, three. Definitely. Okay. No doubt. No doubt. And Gab, staying with Chelsea, they are spending massively, as we just mentioned. And let's not forget, they also have spent close to 45 million on managers who are no longer there at the club. And they don't have any European incomes because, as we've been saying, there's no European competition. How can they afford all of this? Uh, financial fair play. So, yeah, so there's obviously two things. There's UEFA's rules, which cover both financial fair play and financial stability rules. Now, those technically don't concern them this no, season they're because Europe. they're not playing in exactly. Europe. Um, I, the Premier League financial stability rules are an issue, um, especially because the revenue presumably will go down a lot because there's yeah. no European football um, that could be anywhere from, you know, they usually probably budgeted about $60 million, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, from that. Um, one thing to remember is when you, is amortization. So when you spend, when you, when you buy a player for, for $100 million, you put him on a five-year deal, he's costing you $20 million, um each year. each year. When you sell a player, you can book that uh, as a profit straight away depending on his residual amortization how much in other words how much he has left left back so looking at this if they could sell Chalaba Gallagher Callum Hudson Nodoy whatever they bank goes directly to offset Um, they're going to I think some of those guys are going to be shifted or they're going to try to shift some of them Uh, obviously they spent money on Disasi as well Um, Ziyech close to to do medical with Fenerbahce I think Uh, and of course there's still the big you know Lukaku elephant in the room what do you do with Lukaku which you know you got to find a solution Um, I still think even with all that it's really, really dicey. And I think yeah. there's a lot of teams that are going to put pressure on the Premier League. It's like, can you explain Chelsea's figures? Because let's not forget, 600 million that went out the window. But now it's a billion. In a year, they've spent a billion gap. In 12 months, between last summer transfer window, the January transfer window, and this transfer window, it's a billion pounds. Yeah. And the concern is these amortization values, at what point are they going to come and bite you yeah. in the backside? Yeah. Because, you know, that's, it's great. You've spread it out over a long time, but Chelsea already have the highest amortization in the Premier League going into the season. Massive blow for Arsenal, Jules, oh. as Urian Timber goes down injured. I guess, speaking of that, I needed this, like you needed a hole in the head. Yeah, I mean, terrible news, of course, for, for Timber to start with, because the kid is arriving from Ajax. He's very excited. It's a team. He's starting the season. And then that really bad knee injury comes and just stops it all, which is which is terrible. He will 
obviously come back and you know and he's still young enough but it's a terrible blow and for the team because Arteta really likes the versatility he's a really good kid he's got great mentality can play really good technically so it, he will be a loss even if they've got cover of course and other defenders but that's that's just not a way to start the season really Bayern are scrambling for a goalkeeper having seemingly just realised Gab uh, that Manuel Neuer won't be back for a while and there's no Jan Zomer, obviously, that they let go to Inter. They're linked to Stefan Ortega and David De Gea after missing out on Kepa, too. There's no Alexander Newbel either, who uh, they let go to Stuttgart. How could you possibly have known? Like, what? Kang, Sven, Ulreich, the rest of the season? <laughs> um, yeah, the, the two guys they've been linked with, I don't like either one, frankly. Well, first of all, Stefan Ortega, unless he raises a fuss to leave, presumably they're familiar with him, obviously. The, the, yeah. the guy's German, but... Um, if he's happy to be Edison's number two, I wonder if maybe that's why Pep also paid him in the community shield. Yeah. I think that's going to be a tough one. David De Gea, I'm not going to come to Bayern for a one year deal. I'm going to come to Bayern. And, and in six months, Tuchel, I don't play anymore. And Tuchel's, yeah, he's coming. Oh, we need an experienced guy in the Champions League who will also accept to go on the bench <laughs> when Moyers fit again. Okay. Yeah, good luck. Yeah. Really good luck with that. This is way back on Monday night, but Manchester United were hardly impressive in their 1-0 win over Wolves. Jules, your thoughts? Yeah, really underwhelming the way they play with the ball. I mean, they were, they were not the best team at all. Wolves were the best team by far. And yeah. to concede so many chances, shots, shots on target, Onana with an incredible game in goal. Could be worrying. It's not worrying because United are going to get better and better. But to start the season, it was it was really slow and and really average. And they got lucky with the win, the Varane goal. Um, Lisandro Martinez had a bit of a stinker. Came yeah, I don't know if he's not fit. And, and the thing is, you play Spurs this weekend, which is going to be a different story because they're going to attack and attack and attack against you. So a lot of things to work on for Ten Hag for sure. And Gab late in that game. VR didn't intervene when Andre Onana collided or, you know, barged into Sasakalajic and both the referee, Simon Hooper, and the VAR official of the night, Michael Salisbury, have been suspended for not deciding on putting the penalty, basically. What do you make of it? I, I, I think it's, I think it was a wrong decision. Um, I think the, um, the, the benchmark now is what impact does it have? So, if he gets the shot, if, if the player arrives late and you get the shot off and it goes out, out that's fine. But in this mm. case, the ball's still bouncing around the area. Yeah. So it had a material impact. I think it was the right decision to say, guys, take a break. You made a mistake. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jules, you've been gone for so yes. long. I feel like we need a Kylian Mbappe oh, update. Oh, my boy. I mean, every six months I'm here and there's always twists and turns and stuff and things. And now he's happy that his best mate, Usman Dembele, is there. They're going to looking forward to playing together against Toulouse at the weekends. He's, he's happy to stay. Neymar has gone, which was a big reason why Kylian decided to stay and p- potentially extend his contract at Paris. With like some sort of release clause in it, or um, or having some sort of agreement with the club in terms of his bonuses, to so he can go on a free, but they will still get something if you want, despite him leaving. That's still yet to be decided, but he's happy to stay now after all that kind of crisis and arm wrestling competition between him and the club. It was just crazy, man. So, can I give you an alternate explanation? Yeah. I've talked to a bunch of sports lawyers about this. This whole thing about the club trying to freeze him out, which, you know, is what clubs often do in preseason with the excuse, well, he's waiting for a move, blah, blah, blah. He's never going to fly. He was never... I, I spoke to somebody who said, oh, if they no. try to do that, especially it's not just the French uh, PFA, it's also French labor law. Like, the risk is he could become like a free agent in like October or November. Well, you know, if they with Rabiot, the French, the French, the with French. Rabio, they had disciplinary reasons. It was a motivated. But the the, the law in the French, the the law in France is that as long as you provide him with a similar first team experience, so qualified coaches, not on his own, but other players, all that kind of stuff, 
You're, you're allowed. A lot of clubs do it. That's what we call the loft in France, where it's, you put all the unwanted players, the ones you're trying to sell, the one that you don't want. Again, you know how I feel about lawyers. And yeah, I know. I, I know to speak to a lot of them. They said, like, they were never going to win that. And Probably realist. not. Probably so not. this way, at least they haven't, I have him playing for him. They still have the hope that, who knows? He seems to be like an odd chap who likes to change his mind at the last Yeah, minute. maybe. Uh, if you're Real Madrid, should you sign another striker then? Mm. Or is this just a ploy between this and the Neymar money that they want to make Real Madrid a little bit nervous that they think Real Madrid are going to make another offer in the last days of the window? No, I think they know that now Real Madrid are not going to come anymore. And if you're Real Madrid... I think you maybe stick with Vinicius, Rodrigo, and then have Joselu on the bench and then see what happens between now and January. I, I don't know. I think it's a fascinating one. I, you know, I would have loved to see what Ramjid would have done between now and September 1st for Kylian. Had he still been frozen out and PSG would keeping it like really strict, no, you're not going to play, you're not going to play, we want to sell you, who's coming in? I'd be really curious to see what Ramadan would have done comes August 26, 27, 28. Had they maybe drawn a couple of La Liga games or lost even one. Now they won the first one. But do you see what I mean? I would have been really curious. It's not going to happen now. Well, and also they have to spend money. They have to spend money on Kepa on yeah. loan and, and maybe another defender. Maybe a centre-back, yeah. Um, but if this gets to the summer, if you're Real Madrid, you've been screwed over once before. I mean, my temptation is you speak to... Mom and Mbappe, and you say, all right, January 1st, pre-contract. Yeah. If you didn't sign, sign it. it by then. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you you stick around at Paris and you I know, think they've the release clause, all this nonsense. Like, you know, why, why pay compensation when we don't need to if you really want to come? Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, at that point, that. I, I would move on. I think the most likely is that Kylian will... Wave, you say wave, wave away some yeah. of the bonuses that PSG will owe him. So it would be like, I don't know, 50, 70 million euros. He won't take that. And that would be like a transfer fee, if you want, from Real Madrid, who still will get Kylian on a free. But PSG will get something back, i.e. those bonus that they would not have given to Kylian. Why would Kylian do that? Because he promised the club that in order to play again, that he would not leave for nothing. So we see. Mm-hmm. But I, he can't have said that this time round and then really like go for free with nothing back to the club. Why? Because, because it's that, not been done before. I would have like, no, no but, I mean, it's pretty extraordinary. It's an extraordinary situation. I mean, it was un- unseen before, ever. Liverpool have their sights set on Stuttgart, Watari Endo, at 16 million euros gap to bolster their midfield that needs being bolstering, to be honest. And there's also talk of Ryan Gravenberg. We've heard that before. What, what do you stand about that? And what do you make of the whole Caicedo's and even Lavia's fiasco? Let's put it that way, from a Liverpool point of view. I think it's Liverpool putting a number on players. Um, and I think they went higher on Caicedo, possibly because of Don Hutchinson's rant while he was uh, seated, yeah. seated there. To put in that bid when you don't have the information that Caicedo's going to turn you down. It's embarrassing. It's really bad. And this is why you have a specialist. Oh, what does the director of football does? The manager, the gaffer. No, no, this is why you have a specialist. And they have a specialist on board now, right? Supposedly, yeah. right? Um, I think Endo is his man very much. That's great. He's a specialist in German players because that's where he comes from. Yeah. But this is really embarrassing. This is bad. And you should have known ahead of time um, that, that this is going to happen. The Lavia thing... I don't fault them if you don't think Lavia's a 50. I mean, personally, I like Endo at 16 more than Me too. Lavia at 58 because yeah. Lavia is right younger and comes with risks and whatever. So I don't have an issue with that. But to get to this stage, it's not a good look. No, definitely. Not a good look definitely. at all. Uh, Gravenberg, great player, but the guy's a project. Yeah, he uh, hasn't he, played for a year. He's uh, Bayern Munich. What? You know, and what I love too, by the way, Nagelsmann gets crucified. Ah, oh, yeah, he doesn't play tight, but Matthijs tell Gravenberg, blah, 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 right? Oh, how big is Gravenberg in Tuchel's plans? <laughs> so big that he's like, you know, do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, I'm it, with you. It, it, it's, it's the character assassination of yeah. Nagelsmann, where you like, which just continues. But um, yeah, I just don't know that Liverpool right now are the right place for, for Gravenberg to grow. No, yeah, I agree. Jude Bellingham has been a hit at Real Madrid, but billed in Germany. Uh, report that a number of his teammates are glad he's really? gone because he wanted to be the center of attention. Does this make sense to you, Jules? I mean, I know a couple of people who are really close to Jude Bellingham. That's not the portrait that I 
I get from them or that I feel from them either. Wait, really? People who work for Jude Bellingham don't think that he wants to be... No, 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 no. But, you know, in the sense that, like, I think they're honest with me. And I don't, I don't think he's that kind of guy. But maybe, maybe he is, or maybe some, some people at Dortmund felt like that. Uh, you know, I don't like, know. Like, I don't think Jude Bellingham wants to be the center of attention everywhere. Is he a big character? Yeah. Is he, is he strong-minded? Of course he is. Is he ambitious? Of course he is. He has everything to become one of the best players in the world, if not the best player in the world. Is that, is that being the center of attention? I don't think so. Uh, well, first of all, I just hate these cheapo stories after somebody leaves when you see, you often see it, especially in England oh, yeah. uh, and in Italy a lot yeah, uh, yeah. with managers, right? Uh, Lukaku's been a subject character assassination from the Italian media. Yeah. Uh, maybe he deserves it. I don't get it. What are you saying to me? Bellingham is the best, most important player, was the best, most important player at Dortmund since Holland left, right? Yeah. I mean, he was the hub of the wheel. He plays in central midfield. Yeah. He's better than the other. Sorry, I. What well, he wants to be the center. He, well, he takes on responsibility. What are you yeah, exactly? I are agree. you talking about? What's the problem yeah, here? I know. Juventus are closing in on Sassuolo's Domenico Berardi. I mean, they've been linked with him every year for the last ten years or something. Now, is he the answer? Yeah, be to Max Allegri's problems or questions. I, I think this is again Allegri wanting another strike. I think he really. I don't know. Vlaovic smells or something like. <laughs> Berardi, of course, more of a of a wide player. Sure, would, yeah. would he make Juve better? Yeah, but you know the funny thing, Berardi's been young for so long that you know he's, he's thirty now. He's 30 like, yeah. now. Um, I don't think this is the profile that Juve need. I don't think this is the profile that Juve said they were going to have. They're talking about you know oh let's let's we'll, we'll sell Ealing Jr. or whatever to fund the Berardi transfer. If you go with kids, you go with kids. And I'm sorry, if Max Allegri doesn't seem to understand that, yeah, yeah. then, you know, he, he can go, he, he, he can resign. Hey, how about that? Oh, that would hey, be lovely. That? Yeah, yeah, it can happen. Yeah. Lazio had one of Serie A's best goalkeepers last year in Ivan Provedel. Uh, 21 clean sheets and like that. Yeah. So, Jules, why did I link to your boy, Hugo Lloris? I've got no idea, Gabby. I mean, I would love Hugo to go there if that's what he wants and what Lazio wants. And, but what, as a backup? He wants to live in Rome, maybe. Yeah, yeah, which is, I couldn't really understand. He's going to retire very soon. He can move to Rome if he wants to. I would go. I'm sure Marine, the wife, and the kids, the three kids, and the dogs would love it. For sure. I'd be very happy to visit. But I I just don't understand the dynamic. So the dynamic, what, Lloris is coming as a backup? Or what, is he the number one and Providel is... The idea is, I mean, Provedel, Provedel started last year as, as the number two, yeah. and then people started so much better than this Maximiano fellow. So, uh, you know, he conquered the number one spot. Lots of a great season last year. To go and bring in a World Cup winner who's going to be on substantial Big money, even though he's, think on, a, so. he's yeah, on a free yeah. transfer, uh, yeah. and say, okay, Ivan, your reward is, here's the guy <laughs> go who back to the World bench. Cup, uh, and really you'll compete strange. for the job. Seems really, really weird. It also, frankly, seems weird to me that Hugo Lloris is is out there and a free transfer is still out there. Uh, well, not really. He's still in the contract with Spurs, technically. They will let him go, but he still had a year left. And, you know, there's... So he's like a free, He's technically a free agent. But you mean that nobody has signed well, he hasn't yet. made up his mind what he wants to do. I mean, I, and, and I wonder, too, if... Well, you know, my love for Vicario. Yeah. I wonder if Spurs were maybe still convinced or thinking of, hey, how about, you know, why they brought in somebody like Vicario, who is a promising young keeper, but not necessarily. Yeah, so why they think he's going to come back? Maybe, I don't maybe, know. Maybe, I don't know. He really wanted the inter job, the inter job, the inter number one spot. And obviously, missed out. I don't know how, why exactly, why they went for Sommer, not him, what happened there. So he Didn't thought, know the guy was such a Serie A fan. I know, I know, man, amazing, amazing. As in Spain are reporting that Ansu Fati is unhappy at Barcelona and wants to leave the club. Do you get where he's coming from, Gab, or is it just a love? Remind me who is his, who is it? Yeah, exactly. It's, you know, when, when you're part of the Justy Food Galaxy, uh, yeah. these stories get planted. Look, um, I, I don't under, you know, we can always go and speculate what's behind it. Personally, I am surprised he doesn't get more playing time. Um, We've said that last know, season as well. But, yeah. but, but even in, in this game against Itafe, right? Lewandowski was having a really bad, you know, a real stick, a really yeah. bad time. He's getting kicked left, right, and center. 
why doesn't Hansu come on for him when you play Hansu at center forward, for example? No, no. Like, what, what, what position does he, where do you see him? Yeah. Um, I think there's a lot of unanswered questions there when it comes to, when it comes to Hansu. We'll see now where Rafinha uh, is going to be suspended. Yeah. You know, do, do, do we get to see him or is it more Abde and whatever? I know. You know, like, I, I get where it's coming from. I don't think it's the right way to agitate. And I don't think it makes sense for Barcelona to to move him on now because the upside with Ansu Fati remains enormous. This could be a 200 yeah, million yeah, player in a sure. few years. He's still very, very young. And even this whole idea, oh, no, we have Laminia Mal now. We don't need Ansu Fati. Yeah. Chill on that. Jules, Dimitri Payet, the legendary Dimitri Payet has a new home yeah. and it's in Brazil. Exactly. The first, How about that? First French player ever, Gabi, to play in the Brasileiro when he will make his debut with Vasco. You saw the reception that he got yesterday when he arrived in Brazil. 5,000 fans at the airport. They had like their faces painted in the, the French colors and it was incredible. Even I think Payet, who they call Payet, by the way, which is okay. It's okay with me. I don't think he expected this. Um, maybe the, the club didn't really tell him, listen, this is going to be crazy, but it was amazing. And I guess if you're signing a player like Payet that probably you love, Vasco fans would not have been playing, would have been watching, right? Or not much. Then you go on YouTube. If there's one player that has incredible highlight reels on YouTube, it's him, right? From the ball <laughs> against Park like last season. Everything, because he's really good technically, that's what he does. And I think he's going to be amazing in Brazil. I think they, in a way, to finish his career, this is going to be beautiful. And I hope he has like a similar journey than Gignac has in Mexico and that is a it's a full success but I really wish him all the best I mean I, he's not one of my favorite players I know him a little bit but I really wish him the best because I think this could be an amazing experience so I love the story of the European players going to Brazil and saying like you know it's a little bit like I love the Rossi story going to, yeah, going yeah. to Boca Clarence Seedorf did it yeah probably a bigger name than, 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 than Payet yeah uh, up and down a little bit, didn't quite fully work no. out the way people thought. Uh, Pekovic is still, I think, yeah. the guy who had the most success over Definitely. there and for a long time and yeah. loved it so much. I think he's still there. Yeah, Juan um, Fran that we had forgotten about. That went Juan there. Fran, yeah. yes, there are. Uh, remember other people we've forgotten? Please. Yes, yes, yes. Hit us yes. up on social media. For sure, for sure. Mark Bullingham, who is the English FA chief executive, chief executive CEO, exactly, was quite a lot to say about. Serena Wigman, in case Gary Southgate was leaving the England men's side, wasn't he? Yeah, basically he said, uh, oh, of course, if she wants the England men's job, she would have to be seriously considered. This is a story that comes from Mark Ogden. I don't know the context in which he said it. Um, I think to me, and look, I, I am not, I'm not saying a, a woman can't manage the England men's team ever. Um, no, it can happen. No. It should happen. I think it will happen next few years. And, yeah. You know, Emma Hayes' name keeps br- getting yeah. brought up for a reason, right? It's already happened in other countries. However, this seems to me like totally playing to the crowd. Like yeah. all those politicians who took a pictures of themselves in pubs saying, go lionesses to show that like, oh, there's big Completely. Um You're simply saying this because... She's in the final of the World Cup and she won the Euros. And, you know, she's, the, she's Dutch, by the way, right? Yeah. And it, it, there's no thought behind it. There's no thought about how have England done to get, how have England played in this tournament? It's out of sync with the fact that this is not a good England performance nope. in this tournament at all. That's true. At all. Um, so you're showing also that maybe you either didn't watch the games or you don't care. It's just not a good look. If you want to consider a women's coach, then when Gary Southgate please say, like, we open this to anybody, we'll, we'll open this to everybody, yeah. and give them a real chance to go and interview for the job. But just because Serena Wiegman's in the news to come out and say something like this? I know. Just after she qualified the team for the final of the World Cup, it's just like, oh. Yeah. Jules expected leads to pop straight back up to the Premier League, yeah. given how many great Me players they have. Yeah. But- with those relegation clauses in play, it seems like they're struggling to hang on to guys like Tyler Adams and Luis Sinistera. Yeah. Or even my man, Willy Nyonto, who doesn't <laughs> no, have no, a relegation no. clause, but asked to leave. Well, so, why do they all want to so go? desperate to go. I mean, relegation clauses are quite um, normal. Let's put it that A lot of clubs, a lot of players, a lot of agents ask for them. When you sign for a club, that potentially could go down. So you don't, we don't, don't do it with Man City or right. you know, Arsenal, those clubs. And... Very often clubs agree to it, then it puts you in trouble when you actually go down. And then those players like Tyler Adams 
can see that their clothes of 20 million pounds, who I think for Tyler Adams is a really good amount of money, is, you know, it's a good, it's, it's a bit of a bargain, then it gets triggered very, very easily. So I, I can understand the frustration from a, from a Leeds fan point of view, because your best players are going to leave because of those clauses. But you also have to understand that some players might not have come had those clauses not been agreed by Leeds to be put in place, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I think it's important to get the clause at the right amount, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And also, a lot of these players, again, I don't know the, the case with this, but it's pretty standard. You sign one contract in the Premier League, and if you go down to the Championship, you automatically take a reduction yeah, in wages. Care, in most cases, that's the yeah, case, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So when we also don't know if these guys have those reductions in their contract. It's only part of the story that's out there. Yeah, Marco Anatovic is back at Inter after 14 years. Gab, I assume this will go better than the last time he went, although he's still 34 years old. Uh, you know, like last time, like, like when he arrived and he says, like, look, I'm the new Ibrahimovic. Yeah. I'm like, what? Because you're tall and because you can juggle the ball and your name ends in ick. And, yeah, and no. he was icky yeah, when he no. played. He's terrible. Um, I think he scored double figures for Bologna in the I last know. couple of years. Oh, he's good. Old, you know, old striker with roots um, on the other side of the Danube. Hey, that yeah. worked. It worked for Ed and Jekyll, right? So, it did, exactly. I mean, I'd be more concerned if I were into it with the fact that uh, Turam has scored zero goals in I preseason know, friendlies. Know. He doesn't look good, does he? <laughs> New. Oh, yeah, yeah. Jose Mourinho finally got himself some midfielders and he's yeah. shopping in the Paris Saint-Germain yeah. bargain bucket. Okay, I, I got to say, I got to come out and say this. I, I, this is just so transparent, but... What do you make of Leandro Paredes and Renato Sanchez Jules? Well, I mean, I, I honestly, at some point, somebody's got to come out and say this, yeah? Yeah. Who remind me who Jose Mourinho's agent again? Yeah, Renato like, Sanchez. Yeah, and who's uh, in charge in Paris. And Uncle Luis Campos. Yeah, yeah the uh, George Mendes. He's best. I mean, come I, on. If you let him do things like that, he will do them. You know. I mean, uh, take charge of this club. Control your own club. I know. This is ridiculous. And and um, Tiago Pinto is, uh, I would think, quite close to George Mendes as well, right? Well, I, I I was told that he wasn't when he was appointed, right? Yeah, but and he said, "Oh, you're just saying that because he's Portuguese." I don't know. I don't know. But, but Tiago Pinto's like he's like 19 years old. Like I don't <laughs> yeah, understand. Like I, I don't understand true. how they're running this. In fairness. The fee for Paredes is nothing, pretty much nothing. I think it's yeah. six million, up to six million, something like that. Based when and last season at Juventus, he contributed how much? No, I know. Okay, but just it's still, it's still not much, even for Roma. Renato Sanchez is a is a loan with a, a buyer close. So the loan is one million, then the buy is fifteen. So if he does well and he's a young player. Then, then Renato can okay. potentially be a good signing for Roma. That's Apart from that one season at Lille, has Renato Sanchez done anything? Well, at Benfica, yeah, well, and the Benfica years leading to the Euros 2016, where he was obviously outstanding. Well, when he was 12 years old. Yeah, yeah I know, but still. Yeah, no, no, I'm not talking about that. I know, but. I'm talking like since he actually moved. No, no, yeah, there's that one season at Lille. That's it. That's it. Uh, I didn't, you know, you know, it would downright offend me, even though because he's a gentleman, he didn't make the same. Daniele De Rossi. Like, Leandro Paredes took Daniele De Rossi's shirt. I know, I know. And Daniele De Rossi's was... like, oh, good luck, you know, what? you know, funny funny you said that. I thought Daniele De Rossi's number had been, as you say, like... You retired. Know, like, yeah. We should be retired. I know. It's first, so when I saw the story, I was like, hang on. One is not retired. One is not retired. Two, you're going to give it to Paredes. To this doofus. Seriously. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. But like, come on. This, this number is sacred. You can't just give that shirt to anybody. Newcastle will host some Saudi Arabia national team games at St. James's Park. Gab, are you surprised? No, not at all. It makes <laughs> sense. Commercially, you can capitalize on the uh, massive uh, uh, numbers of people with Saudi roots in the Northeast who no doubt are you know, you know, going like, to fill the stadium with passion. Listen, I dated the stadium. They can make money by renting it out for concerts or games. Yeah. I got no issue for it. This artifice about PAF, separate legal entity, would be good if you cleared it up at some point. Not, 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 not you, Newcastle, not. you, Premier League. Yeah. Because, but hey, you know, you said that they can come out and say, oh, look, we invited every federation. We, we asked the French Federation, hey, do you guys want to come? No? Nope. Okay. And the only ones who replied to their email, funny enough, are the Saudi <laughs> ones. Okay. <fair> enough. <laughs> Nicolò Zagnolo is undergoing a medical yeah. at Aston Villa. Jules, right place to get his career back on track. I want to see him in the Premier I want to see him anywhere. Uh, he, he 
well in Turkey, well-ish. Uh, I just think he's an incredible talent. Whether he fulfilled all the potential, I don't know yet. And some would say not really or hasn't done it yet. But I think if, considering the talent that he has, if he even fulfilled half of Villa, I think already that's going to be amazing. And I want to see those exciting players in the Premier League. So I'm happy that he's coming over. He's Supposedly, it's like he's coming over because the, the, the Buendia yeah, injury. injury, you think. Although, it's a very different profile from Buendia. Completely. So, and I'm just wondering, though, between Zagnano, Bailey, and Diaby, yeah. you've got like a track team behind the center forward and, there. And Watkins. What? Front. Well, so Watkins and Watkins. And Ollie Watkins. Three. Yeah. I was like, wow, okay. I mean, would those be the four by 400 yeah. meters by, by, in the Premier League by, by, by a mile? Oh, my God. By a mile. The Even if you had four ever. car walkers, those guys will get you. No chance. Yeah. Amazing. Just for that, I'm, I'm excited to see you. <laughs> <laughs> it's official, guy, Matteo Aleman. He's out of, uh, out of Barca. And Deco is the new sporting director. Something tells me that you're not too happy. And we knew it was coming. Yeah. So it's just another opportunity to say, dude, you're either an agent or you work for a club. And I don't care that Deco wound up all his companies and whatever. Yeah, he said like, that he's not involved anymore with that. What does that mean? Like, you know, let, let's I know, I know, have I know. very clear separations. I mean, the good thing is Barcelona are under so much scrutiny right now that about like, you know, how every yeah. penny is spent. Yeah. That I think Deco's going to be on a very, very short good leash. Behavior. Yeah, and yeah. he's been an agent for what, a good decade now yeah, at this yeah. point. If he uses that to help Barcelona when they need to sell players, sell them at the right price, do the right deals, um, it's not even about spotting talent because when you're Barcelona, you're going to sign top players, yeah, right? Yeah, so yeah, it doesn't anyway. really require yeah. much spotting. It's about getting the deals done at the right price, and he has experience. So, I don't know. I'm a little more positive on Deco uh, than I was before. Good. Inter Miami rode into Philadelphia in the League's Cup, or more correctly, I think, Subaru Park in Chester, yes. Pennsylvania, and won 4-1. <laughs> uh, just the one goal for Lionel Messi, scoring average, is uh, declining, Jules. That must be a real concern. <laughs> Well, I mean, the goal is is good, although I question a little bit the goalkeeper because he's from a long way. But Are you kidding? The, the goalkeeper's Andre Blake. Only Jesus saves more. Yeah, but another great goal, another great performance. I mean, I don't know. Like, it's amazing to see him like that. And I mean, I thought it was good for him to start with the League Cup. I don't know what difference this is going to be or not. Uh, yeah, as opposed to all the pressure. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, I couldn't say. Sorry, no, sorry. No, 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 but still, you know what I mean? Yeah, I got you, I got you, I got you, I got you. But, but uh, outstanding, that's all. The numbers are crazy. Santi Casorla is back of Oviedo at 38 years of age. Gabi be playing for the league minimum salary and a check of his commercial income will go to fund the youth team. I bet you love this story. I do love it. I mean, like, it's a little, you know, he was in Al Sad for three yeah. years getting yeah. paid. But yeah, he made enough I, money there. I, I don't begrudge him that, given what he's been through. I mean, sure. you know the situation. Well, he was at Arsenal for, for a long time. Mm. He has those, those tremendous injury concerns. Uh, everybody I know who's dealt with him says he's a genuinely good uh, amazing guy. guy. Amazing to guy. come back, to give back. I don't. I have no idea what he has left in the tank, but it doesn't matter. No. Um, it's just nice to see footballers doing what they love and not kind of saying, oh, but money, money, yeah, money. Yeah, I really know. agree. Jules, that brings us to an well, end. Already. It's, it's, it's great to have you back. Um, we're going to be back on Thursday. No, Monday. today's Thursday. We're going to be back on Monday. Monday. Uh, after the start of the Serie A season, I'm hyped and to have that as well. And proper Bundesliga as well. Yeah. Uh, until then, love the game. Love you. Love yourself. Real quick, what's the easiest choice you can make? Window seat over middle? Taco Tuesday over salad? What about selling with Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/gabjewels. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com/gabjewels now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com/gabjewels.